episode is brought to you by the MBA store. A new year brings the start of a new MBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We're teaming up with the MBA and Podgo to bring our listeners up to 75% off on selected items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co forward slash MBA for up to 75% off selected items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing happens. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the new Comic Powwow. I'm Emily. And I'm Gemma. And for our first Comic Powwow, we are looking at Harley freaking Quinn. Now, before we go into it, we wanted just to talk a bit about what you can expect from these podcasts moving forward. It will be a bi-monthly podcast and each one will take a deep dive into a character, artist or writer. We hope it will offer those new to the world of comics an introduction and a place to start and for those who are long-term comic fans, an entertaining half hour or so. On our website, you'll find a list of the sources we've used as well as a list of comics, movies or shows that we recommend which connect with the podcast. Now, before we get started, we want to give a trigger warning for domestic abuse and mentions of suicide. So when did Harley Quinn first appear? Harley was created by character designer Bruce Timm and writer Paul Dini to appear in Batman the Animated Series in the episode titled Joker's Favour, which aired on the 11th of September 1992. She was a supervillain and love interest for the Joker. So originally supposed to be a one-and-done character, she became so popular with the fans that she made the jump to comic books and remains one of DC Comics' most loved characters. She's certainly one of my favourites. Paul Dini was inspired to create Harley Quinn after watching his friend Arlene Sorkin play a roller skating clown in the soap opera Days of Our Lives. Arlene would actually go on to voice Harley in that Batman episode. Mark Hamill, who is famous for voicing the Joker and some space movies that I've obviously never seen, has said that he believes Harley Quinn's popularity is because of Sorkin's performance, saying, quote, In the script, she was just an unnamed Joker henchwench with no discernible personality. When Arlene began reading her lines in that unforgettable voice, so poignant and full of heart, I nearly fell off my chair. She brought so much more than was on the page and a legend was born. Side note, hench wench needs to be used more. I love that. I love that as a term. So is it unusual for a character to begin on a TV series rather than within the comic book? It is unusual, but it's not unheard of. In either DC or Marvel, um, Morph from the X-Men, who's obviously a Marvel character, began on the screen and then transferred to comic books. Yeah. So what was Harley's first comic book appearance? Her first appearance was in The Batman Adventures number 12. She has gone on to appear in Suicide Squad, Gotham City Sirens, as well as her own books such as Harley Quinn Mad Love. What's the Harley Quinn origin story? So as with most comic book characters, Harley has various origin stories and story arcs, although some aspects of her character stay in each incarnation, one of which is her intellect. Perhaps her best known origin story comes from Mad Love. So Harley and Quinzel was the daughter of con man Slick Nick Quinzel and Sharon Quinzel, who was a doctor before marrying Nick. As well as Harley, they have three sons. Harley was with her father when he was beaten up by two men who accused him of double-crossing them, and she's still with him when he's arrested. She's taken to the police station with him, kind of watches him being interviewed. Later, Harley states that 
The main reason she became a psychiatrist was so she could understand why her father did what he did to their family. Her relationship with her mother was strained as she constantly calls Harley evil and compares her to other heroes. Harley was smart and earned a scholarship to Gotham City University, where she earned her PhD in psychology. She then went on to become a psychiatric intern researching lunatics in Arkham Asylum, where she became fascinated by the Joker. After three months of pleading with other doctors, she was allowed to treat him. The Joker quickly gained her sympathy, causing her to, quote, fall madly in love with him, and she then helps him escape. She is suspected by the authorities and her license gets revoked when her superior, Joan Leland, finds out she is the one who released the Joker. Harley ends up in Arkham herself, but escapes during an an earthquake and becomes Harley Quinn, the sidekick of the clown Prince of Crime himself. In 2011, DC launched their new 52 titles. This gave Harley not only a new origin story, but a new look. Harley still got her PhD and worked at Arkham Asylum, but in this version, she's driven and no nonsense. And although she doesn't buy the sob stories Joker tells her, and even goes as far to call them false to his face, the two still fall in love. She still helps the Joker escape and the two go on the run, and he inducts her into his ranks by throwing her into a vat of acid, mimicking his own birth. Due to this, Harley's skin, like the Joker's, is now permanently washed white. And this is different because in the original cartoon and comic book, Harley wore white makeup. So in the new 52 version of Harley Quinn, she actually breaks the fourth wall, um, which is kind of what Deadpool does when he talks to the audience, for those who aren't familiar. And this is the blueprint for, for Margot Robbie's version of the character, which we see in Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. Harley has a very distinct look with the tattoos and the blue and pink hair, but has she always been such a fashion icon? Absolutely. Harley's outfits are as as iconic as any in the comic world. When she was first introduced, she wore a red and black Harley Quinn outfit, which anyone who's watched or read the early cartoons or comics will know. The new 52 is responsible for the look we know today from Suicide Squad, which is the shorts, the little shirt, dyed hair and tattoos. Now, this new look has led some to say that a character has been hypersexualized, and you can certainly see their point. But whatever she's wearing, Harley knows she looks good and once said, quote, I'll never understand why Superman wears the same outfit every day. I remember the little Harley Quinn outfit from the TV show. Like that outfit more. Same. Like, Harley Quinn is definitely one of the more sexualized characters, the way she's drawn. Yeah. But then I guess I kind of feel like DC on the whole kind of, like, over-sexualizes their female characters when you compare. I mean, they're both bad at doing it. Marvel and DC are both bad for doing it. But even in the films, it happens a lot more in DC. It definitely does. Harleen Quinzel when she's the psychiatrist very prim and proper and it's like the complete opposite yeah so I guess it kind of makes sense she's just completely flipped as to who she is it's like a completely different person exactly well that's exactly it yeah obviously we're talking about comic book characters so what powers does Harley have so while she doesn't have any superpowers as such she is more than a match for any opponent. Harley's intellect gets her in and out of trouble. She has a PhD in psychology, and that is something she won't let anyone forget. In Mad Love, she shocks the Joker by saying, quote, it's Dr. Quinzel, or Doctor for short, not my dear or sweetheart or dollface 
or any other little nicknames men use undermine a woman's professional standing in her place of business. Holly is a highly skilled gymnast who could rival Catwoman. And that gives her a fighting style that's hard to combat, especially when used alongside her iconic baseball bat or wooden mallet. And a fun fact for you, the scene in the Suicide Squad movie where Harley Quinn is fighting in the lift and walks up the wall, that was all Margot Robbie, no wires or skill. As well as her traditional wooden mallet and a large pistol with a cork in it, Harley uses knives, guns, baseball bats and explosives. She's also a master of disguise and has used many disguises, including a secretary, a film executive, a police officer, an opera singer, a flight attendant, a prison guard. And she would often mug her victims, tie them up and use their identity, generally just for a short period of time. However, there have been two instances where these new identities lasted for an extended period. First, when she posed as Dr. Holly Chance, a romance columnist, and later when she posed as Dr. Jessica Sinon and practiced as a therapist again. Now, I said she didn't have any superpowers, but that actually kind of changes because of Poison Ivy, who nurses Harley back to life after the Joker tries to kill her. And Ivy gives her new friend a potion which gave her immunity to toxins, including Ivy's touch, extra strength and healing. The healing power has varied depending on the arc. In her solo run, she's shown as being able to heal from gunshot wounds in a matter of seconds once the bullet is removed. We love Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Oh, we absolutely do. But it's kind of nice to see someone that doesn't have superpowers, because... Obviously, we'll get into it later, but she's not always seen as a villain. She's kind of... So it's kind of nice that that person doesn't necessarily have these superpowers. A bit like Batman being rich rather than having superpowers or Iron Man being clever and rich. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Harley is very much brawler in many respects. Anything's a weapon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a bit like with um black widow in marvel this the gymnastic uh, mm-hmm. obviously black widow's ballet but it gives them a unique edge yeah definitely i should imagine it's like i know comics are fiction but it must be quite hard to fight somebody who's like back flipping off of things and doing weird roly polies yeah point i imagine i'd get distracted and just watch like yeah. I was at the Olympics, and I just hold up a scorecard. <laughs> like a 10, and that <laughs> smash it on the head. 9.5. You stumbled a little there. Smack. <laughs> so we vaguely mentioned Poison Ivy, So, but does Harley work alone? So although she started as Joker's sidekick, Harley has been part of several team-ups. I'm going to look at a couple of them now, starting with Suicide Squad. So the Suicide Squad first appeared in The Brave and the Bold, issue 25, in September 1959. But it wasn't until 2011 when Harley became a member of the squad. The origin of her induction is consistent. Harley was recruited, in big air quotes, by Amanda Waller, who, after being forced to execute an injured teammate during a failed mission, assembles an expendable team made up of Mel Reeve's death row inmates test their quote value and loyalty she put them through numerous tests including being tortured those that passed include Deadshot, king shark and of course harley quinn as a reward for passing they all have micro bombs implanted in their heads 
and as their lives are of no importance, their missions involve the elimination or retrieval of high value targets. That feels like a very government response. We've tortured you as a reward. Here's a microbomb in your brain. The fifth volume of Suicide Squad has perhaps one of my favourite comic book storylines and twisted Harley Quinn moments. In this version, Harley is arrested by a black canary after she murdered one of the prosecutors who put the Joker in prison. Harley is then tortured and forcibly inducted into the Suicide Squad by Amanda Waller. She's shown as being unpredictable and dangerous and Deadshot describes her as, quote, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Despite this and the fact she has no powers, she's a valuable asset. When Harley hears about the Joker's death, her initial reaction is really calm. She just kind of stops and stares into space before refocusing when Deadshot tells her to snap out of it. In issue four, she is separated from the rest of the squad and put into isolation. As such, she isn't isn't with them when they stop a mass breakout. But at the end of issue five, it's shown that Harley Quinn was the one to orchestrate the breakout. And after deactivating the bomb in her head, she escapes and heads to Gotham to learn more about Joker's death. Gotham, she begins a crime spree and tortures a former friend for the location of Joker's body before slitting the woman's throat. She then allows herself to be arrested and taken to the Gotham City Police Department. Once inside, she retrieves Joker's face and during her escape, she sees Deadshot, who has been sent to capture her, and knocks him out with a sledgehammer. Whilst he's unconscious, she takes off his mask and puts the Joker's face over his and in her fractured mind, he's now the Joker. So she begins shouting at him and asking these questions that she'd quite like to ask the Joker, such as why didn't he go back for her? Deadshot initially plays along before shooting Harley in the stomach. Although she needs surgery, Harley survives and remains part of the Suicide Squad. Although, as you can imagine, Deadshot isn't too happy about that and punches her in the face when she attempts to make amends with him. Of course, the Joker has faked his death and as we'll see in a bit, his return changes his and Harley's relationship for good. But this brush with death seems to cure her and she starts referring to herself as Dr. Harley and Quinzel again. However, this doesn't last. But later in issue 20, um, after the death of Rick Flagg, Harley becomes leader of the Suicide Squad. I'm still not over the whole putting Joker's face on someone else like that. It's so twisted. That has got to be one of my favourite Harley Quinn moments, just because it's so twisted. Like, she puts his face on him and she's just, like, screaming at him as if he's the Joker. I mean, we already know that she was seriously messed up. That kind of proves it. It also, because in the comics, Deadshot is a bit like the Joker and he's quite dismissive of Harley. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of attracted to that. Yeah. So the, the personality and then I think when she's screaming at it, it almost kind of speaks of her abuse. Yeah. Because she's just snapped. Also love that she knocks him out with a sledgehammer. Oh, I mean, who with friends like that, eh? Like, I was quite surprised in the Suicide Squad movie, they portray Harley Quinn and Deadshots. He's quite protective of her. Whereas in the comics, he's a he's a bit more abrupt and not really a fan. Yeah. Although it doesn't start off that way. So it kind of develops. It takes a bit of a... It takes a bit of time. But then I wonder if maybe that's just because of Will Smith. He probably wouldn't want to play that character as that character is in comic books. Well, as we'll see in a bit, they did tone down a lot for Suicide Squad. So that's a very twisted storyline. So who else does she team up with? 
Well, not all of her team ups are as twisted. In 2007, Countdown issue 43 reveals a reformed Harley living in an Amazon-run women's shelter where she wears the traditional Amazonian stola and not her iconic jester outfit. She befriends Holly Robinson, Catwoman's sidekick, and persuades her to join her at the shelter. The two are then taken to Themyscira by Granny Goodness, who is pretending to be Athena. There, they begin training with the Amazons and meet Mary Marvel. But when they meet the real Athena, the three follow Granny and find that she has the Olympic gods held prisoner. Now, as a reward for freeing the gods, Harley is granted powers by Thalia. But when she and Holly return to Gotham, the powers disappear. How disappointing. Now, we love an all-girl team-up. So is this the only time that Harley teams up with other women? Yes, we love an all-girls team-up. And yes, uh, Harley teams up with Poison Ivy and Catwoman to become the Gotham City Sirens. The comic ran for 26 issues between June of 2009 and August 2011. And it was created by Paul Denny and Gilliam March. It's a brilliant comic book and I really recommend it because the artwork is just amazing so it was released as part of the batman reborn relaunch of dc's entire line of comic books featuring batman so catwoman who's still recovering from hush cutting her heart out because that's something you just recover from is fighting bone blaster when it looks like she's about to be defeated ivy arrives and saves her taking her back to her hideout at the riddler's house which she has because she has seduced and drugged the riddler although they do later have to move because of bone blaster When Ivy later discovers that Harley is also hiding there, she suggests they form a team. First, though, they want Catwoman to tell them who Batman really is. However, after Poison Ivy uses truth serum on her, Catwoman reveals that she can't because Talia al Ghul had used a mind control technique to prevent Catwoman from ever revealing Batman's identity and taught Catwoman a meditation technique so she could overcome any kind of mind control. After she has a chance encounter with Hush, pretending to be Bruce Wayne, the Joker attempts to kill Harley, apparently out of jealousy. Harley is rescued by Ivy and Selina, and is later revealed that the attacker wasn't the real Joker, but one of his old henchmen impersonating him. At Christmas, Harley returns to visit her family. It doesn't go well. We've all been there. Her mother is disappointed in her and doesn't believe Harley when she tells her that she's changed. She argues with her deadbeat brother and during a visit with her father who's in prison, tries to manipulate and intervene where she has hidden the money given to her by Catwoman who stole it from Hush and is further angered when it turns out a guard has paid her father money to get a picture with Harley. Having had enough, she returns to Gotham. After several adventures with Catwoman and Ivy, Harley betrays them and breaks into Arkham, planning to kill the Joker for abusing her. Instead, she releases him and the two take over the facility, resulting in most of the staff being killed or taken hostage. Batman and Catwoman then stop Harley and Joker, and Harley is last seen being wheeled away while bound in a straitjacket and muzzle. Poison Ivy later breaks into Harley's cell and attempts to kill her for her betrayal, but instead offers to free her if she helps kill Catwoman, who had left them both in Arkham. Harley agrees and the two set out to trap Catwoman. During the the ensuing fight, Catwoman says that she saw good in them and only wanted to help. Just as Batman is about to arrest them, Catwoman helps them both escape. I mean, where'd you even start? Where'd you even start with that? So if you're confused by any of the mentions of previous comics, we're going to 
leave a list for you to then go off and do some reading by yourself, which hopefully will fill in the gaps. It's really just a starting point. So is this her last team up? No. During Gail Simone's tenure, writing The Secret Six, Harley becomes the sixth member of the team. So the Secret Six are a team of villainous, villainous characters who undertake missions of, quote, dubious moral quality and often resulting in a high body count. Harley is recruited after the Hatter is kicked off the team by Ragdoll. She later quits the team when the Oracle sends footage of Deadshot murdering their employer for double-crossing them. Dubious moral quality, often resulting in a high body count. That sounds like like that sounds right. Yeah, I feel like that's Harley Quinn's sweet spot. Mm -hmm. That's like her her tagline. That's what she needs on her T-shirt. It's kind of interesting how many team-ups she ends up in, considering the fact she was just meant to be a hench-wench. I love that word. But it's amazing. Like She was supposed to just be one and done. And she's one of the most iconic characters. And when you think about it, she's had her own movie. Mm-hmm. She's going to be integral in Suicide Squad 2. She has the animated series and a, a whole long box of comics. Yeah. Not bad for someone that was just meant to be a non-interesting side character. Absolutely. Which I think just shows if you write a female character well, comic book fans will love them. Yeah, as it's Valentine's Day. Let's talk about love and relationships between the Joker and Harley. Before we get into this, just want to issue a another trigger warning for domestic violence. Because Harley and Joker have one of the most complex and twisted relationships in, I was going to say in the DC universe, but I think in comics, period. It's filled with violence, emotional abuse and manipulation. And whilst Harley was infatuated with the Joker, for him, she was nothing more than a tool he could use as a scapegoat for when things went wrong. This often led to her capture and at times put her life at risk from others and the Joker himself. The relationship is so messed up that in 2016, when news of Suicide Squad movie broke, when the news of the Suicide Squad movie broke, Dr. Goodfriend, a researcher for the Institute for the Prevention of Relationship Violence at Buena Vista University told MTV that, quote, current and former victims could be re-traumatised by the Joker's abusive behaviour. And Margot Robbie herself has said, quote, I found it really frustrating. Fans seem to really love that about her, that she has this complete devotion to a guy that treats her badly. And the relationship was portrayed as more loving in the Suicide Squad movie with Scenes featuring Joker's violent actions cut or reshot. What kind of things has he done to her? In Batman issue 663, she helps the Joker with his plan to kill all of his former henchmen, unaware that his punchline is her own death. Upon realising this, she shoots him in the shoulder. He pushes her into a vat of chemicals to change her skin. In Mad Love, he shoves her off of his desk and kicks her out of the house. She then goes behind his back and captures Batman herself, believing that they'll have their happily ever after when the Batman is dead an unimpressed Joker beats Harley and pushes her out of a window in the 2009 game Batman Arkham Asylum Joker tells Batman that quote slapping around Harley is his hobby he's shown pistol whipping her kicking her in the face strangling her and even concealing dynamite in flowers he gives to her In issue 21 of the Gotham City Sirens, a flashback shows him laughing as he stands on her fingers as she's hanging over the ledge of a skyscraper. He ties her to a rocket and launches her off. 
in 2014's Injustice Gods Among Us, Year 2, Issue 13, Harley is fighting Black Canary, but when she realises the heroine is pregnant, she stops and the two share a heart-to-heart, in which Harley admits that she has a four-year-old daughter named Lucy who lives with her sister. Quote, Mr. J didn't know about her. I knew that he wouldn't. His work was too important. He couldn't have he couldn't have a daughter. She also admits that she went away for a year to give birth. And when she returned to Joker's side, he didn't even acknowledge that she'd been gone. She also later visits Canary in hospital with gifts for the baby, which is quite cute. But throughout all of this, Harley continues to return to the Joker when he gives her a gift or an apology. This changed after Suicide Squad Volume 5, which we talked about earlier. So Joker faked his death. And when he returns with a now mutilated face, the two have an intense and violent confrontation, at the end of which Harley declares that Joker is no longer the man she loved and has not returned to him since, which is welcome to a lot of fans. Not that she hasn't done a few messed up things to him. In Harley Quinn issue 25, she bites Joker's lip off while trying to get her new boyfriend Mason out of Arkham. And in the game Injustice Gods Among Us, she is she cuts his throat at their wedding. So if anyone tells you this is their dream relationship, run. Run like the wind. Just so messed up. So messed up. Like, she has a baby. That, yeah. The fact that Harley is, is crazy, but she's not... But she's sane enough to know that Joker and having a child does not mix. Yeah. Which is really sad because she knows it's not a good relationship. And she, but it is sad. She must know that anyway from her training. She must completely understand the exact position that she's in. Mm. But yeah, she stays. Well, until just, she doesn't. But I mean, she's not gone back to him since. And I really hope in a reboot they don't suddenly change it and put them back together because... It is so toxic. Even if you take out the physical violence, the manipulation is toxic. Like he yeah. uses her as bait, he leaves her to be captured. I know, I know it's fictional. The problem is is that comics in general appear appeal to a wide range of people and age groups. And the last thing you want to do is normalise that kind of behaviour. Definitely. I get so angry when you see like um, so my sister likes Harley Quinn and I wanted to get her like a cup and I saw a cup and it said forget Romeo and Juliet I want a love like Harley Quinn and the Joker and I was like I'm not buying that I refuse but it's the fact that DC don't realise that promoting it isn't okay yeah I mean let's be honest let's not promote Romeo and Juliet either because that is so messed up as well oh it really is but Romeo never tried to strangle Juliet because no, she yes. got on his nerves. True. It's a different That's literally like that. what happens. Something goes wrong in one of Joker's plans, so he strangles Harley unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. No. And DC needs to step away from it. Very much so. And very quickly. I don't want to erase it, though. Like, I loved that Harley is taking ownership of it and saying, actually, do you know what? I was an abuse victim. I've been through that. I will not go through that again. I'm stronger now. I kind of think it's think probably the best way to address it. I think that's important as well, because more and more women are reading comic books now, which is fantastic, because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was probably the only girl reading, reading comic books. Yeah. And so it's good that women are, and girls are seeing this and seeing, hey, you know, just because I've had one bad relationship, 
doesn't mean that defines me. I can still go off and be a superstar. So is that her only significant relationship? No, she has a deep connection with Poison Ivy. And whilst the romance aspect of this is new, the friendship is not. As I said, Joker sends Harley off in a rocket to kill her, but she crash lands in Robinson Park and is found by Poison Ivy. Ivy initially planned kill Harley, but when she sees that she's unmoved by the prospect of her own death, Ivy instead convinces her to tell her story, and they become friends. And Ivy nurses her back to health, including injecting her with the serum, serum she developed to give Harley immunity to Ivy's touch, and, quote, enhance Harley's strength and speed to give her new friend an edge over Batman and the Joker. The two have several successful capers, which again is an underused word. But when Harley teams up with Batman to take the Joker down and chases him up onto the roof of a building intended to kill him, the Joker apologises and Harley falls in love with him all over again. This causes Ivy to end their partnership, but remains Harley's first point of call when things with the Joker go wrong with Ivy adopting the role of older sister and teller of harsh truths to Quinn about her helpless infatuation with the Joker. However, more recently, their relationship has become romantic, and in 2015, DC tweeted that the two were, quote, girlfriends without the jealousy of monogamy. They shared their first main universe kiss in issue 25 of Harley Quinn, which is co-written by Amanda Connor and her husband Jim Palmiotti, this relationship is explored in season two of the Harley Quinn animated TV show. So excited. Yeah, I can't wait to watch. I love Poison Ivy and Harley. Same. I've only, I've only like seen vague bits because DC isn't really my go-to when it comes to comics, but I think that's such a good relationship. Even if like it was just kept platonic as friends, it's such a good relationship to see throughout their friendship you kind of see where bits perhaps were a bit more than just being friends it's definitely they've they've definitely nudged the line a lot and they finally crossed it which is cool i'm excited to see where they go with it yeah hopefully they don't mack it up who else has she been involved with so they're probably her two most significant relationships but there have been others and just before i get into the next section i'm going to give a trigger warning for suicide so whilst at college, Harley dates fellow psychology student Guy Kopsky, who is described as, quote, a bit of a joker himself. He would read articles from the newspaper to Harley, not only to make her laugh, but for his own amusement as well. One of these articles actually features the joker. The two have a good relationship and would do anything for each other, which ultimately proved fatal. Harley was failing her classes, so the department chair, Dr. Marcus, suggests that she can conduct an experiment using her thesis of love and crime, in which she questioned how far someone would be willing to go for the person they were in love with. So she tests Guy's love by telling him a story in which she had blackmailed Dr. Marcus into passing her or she would accuse him of trying to rape her. But Dr. Marcus has recorded her blackmailing him and pulled out a gun to shoot her. The two struggle and Harley accidentally shoots him and runs away from the police in a stolen vehicle. Now, Guy doesn't question this story, which might suggest Harley's psyche has not always been that great. And takes off with a loaded gun to finish off Dr. Marcus before Harleen has a chance to find out if he'd still love her, despite what she did, despite what she had done. Realising that she's she'd failed, 
Harleen goes after Guy only to find out she was too late and that he'd killed a homeless man thinking it was Marcus going after her. Unable to live with his guilt, Guy points the gun at himself and despite Harley trying to talk him out of it by telling him she loves him, he pulls the trigger. In her despair, Harley decides the only other person who understands her is the Joker and decides that she wants to meet with him by interning at Arkham. Later in the story, when Harleen has become Harley Quinn, she finds out that Dr. Marcus had poured some diluted Joker venom into Guy's drink, which led to his irrational behaviour. And she gets her revenge by tormenting Marcus and leaving him to his fate when he accidentally gets the Joker venom on himself that he'd used to try and kill her. So for anyone not familiar, uh, Joker Venom forces the human body to smile or laugh uncontrollably until death. Lovely. Mm. I mean, you can kind of see if that was her, I'm assuming like her first love, why that would then mess her up. Absolutely. But the fact he doesn't question that she threatened to blackmail somebody with rape to pass her. Mm hmm. Does make because if, if I said that to my other half, I think she'd be a bit like, say, what now? Yeah, like just why? Why you do why? <laughs> why that option? Yeah, and he he doesn't. He just doesn't question it. I don't know. It's fiction, but I do feel like you know, if she was of sane mind, he would have been a bit like, is that really the route we're going? No. Oh, Harley, such a. But such then a I guess it explains it a bit more that he he believes her so readily because he's had he's ingested some of this joker toxin mm -hmm. or joker venom kind of had some mess, messed up love affairs there was a very brief dalliance with bruce wayne bruce wayne is in batman yeah the one and the same not that harley knows that of course so in a valentine's day special harley returns to gotham to win a prize date with bruce wayne in Gotham, she finds herself fighting animal right activists turned supervillain blackmailers before sharing an intimate moment with Bruce Wayne. Later at Coney Island, Batman tells Harley that while he still distrusts her, he admires her attempts at heroism and promises not to interfere. After Harley kisses him, she tells him to, quote, get lessons on kissing from Bruce Wayne, which causes Batman to have a private little chuckle. I feel like that'd be like if you had an alter ego and somebody was like, the other one kisses much better, you'd be like, huh. Maybe it's the mask. Of course, this isn't Harley's only dalliance. In issue number six of the 2017 run, Harley's Black Book, Harley has a brief romance with the bounty hunter Lobo. After he rescues her from the coldness of space, which she's escaped into after fleeing the space pope ship. He shields her from the heat of re-entry, letting his own, quote, colourless flesh be cooked off the bones instead of hers. They land on a desolate planet, washing up on a secluded beach with just scraps of their clothing left. They bond over their troubled origins and share a kiss before an enormous snake monster erupts from the water and attempts to eat Lobo whole. Harley rescues him and the two share a tender moment before Harley is teleported back home. I, um, just so many things that can be said about that. Yeah. Also, Space Pope. Yeah, it's like a prison ship. Mm -hmm. What a name. Okay. <laughs> but she, she um, kind of ends up there because she steals some uh, teleportation balls from Superman's Fortress of Solitude and is, like, using them to jump about. I'm feeling low-key vibes. Yeah. 
I feel like Harley Quinn and uh, Loki would get on quite well. Probably. I feel like they'd be some a very messed up, but very good relationship. Yeah. Or Harley Quinn and Deadpool. Oh. Although that would that would be a very high death count. <laughs> let's, let's not mess around. Can you even imagine that? So is Harley good or bad? I mean, that's certainly not easy to answer and changes depending on the particular arcs. She has certainly done some messed up stuff and the comic book version of the character is much more violent than the quirky way she's portrayed in the early animated versions. So in Harley Quinn issue 19, Harley dies and is sent to hell. However, she doesn't stay there long and ends up causing so much chaos that by issue 22, she's sent back to the world and banned from hell. Quote, making her the first person too annoying to stay dead. I love Harley Quinn. That said, under Connor and Pamati, she is involved into an anti-hero who, quote, values human life more or less and actively tries to improve life in her neighbourhood with mixed results. This run also sees her return to work as a psychiatrist and take on vigilante work. In the animated Harley Quinn series, her desire to join the Legion of Doom seems her, sees her come up with some diabolical plans. However, she often fails because she ends up performing a good deed um especially if that involves putting her evil plans aside to save a member of her crew the anime series is so good it really is kite man so if people have enjoyed this and they want to they want more harley quinn what should they read or watch there's certainly lots of harley quinn to choose from and this list is in no way extensive so if i've missed something and you've really enjoyed it let me know because i'm sure there's harley quinn i've missed even though i've read comics for lots of years movie wise suicide squad is a really good movie and there's a sequel coming later this year hopefully despite what the critics said harley quinn birds of prey is brilliant i think some of the reason that didn't do so well other than a little bit of misogyny is that it was released just as covid was kicking off in the uk and people weren't going to the cinema and that's why we didn't go and see it the animated Batman and Harley Quinn movie from 2017 is really fun to watch. TV show-wise, Batman the Animated Series is worth watching, even just for her first episode, or if you're a big child like me, makes a really good Saturday morning. Harley Quinn the Animated TV Show with Kaylee Cuco is freaking amazing. But whilst it is animated, it is most certainly not a kid's show. Do not watch it with your children. No, I mean... I remember you watching it and you said you need to watch it and it's really not PG, obviously meaning don't watch it with my son. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. And I sat there with a cup of tea and within three seconds I'd spat tea everywhere. I just wasn't expecting it to be like so not PG within such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's it's not PG. Do not watch it with parents or children. No. But a little fun fact for you, and I'm enjoying these fun facts because they're actually fun facts for a change. <laughs> but <laughs> Kelly Kuko, who is probably best known for her role as Penny in the Big Bang Theory. But she isn't the only Big Bang Theory actress to voice Harley Quinn. Melissa Rauch, who played Bernadette in the Big Bang Theory, voices Harley Quinn in Batman and Harley, the animated movie, which I thought was quite cool. Okay, comic books. Harley Quinn Mad Love is amazing. It's one of my favourites. And if you are subscribed to Kindle Unlimited on Amazon, that's free at the moment. Gotham City Sirens, Suicide Squad Volumes 4 and 5, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, Elseworlds, in which Harley is a teenage schoolgirl named Harley Fitzpatrick, who ends up in a same-sex relationship with the Joker, who's a woman in this version. After the Joker's death, Harley kills her family and swears revenge on the heroes. Brilliant. 
Injustice God Amongst Us, the Scratch and Sniffed themed annual issue in which Harley saves Poison Ivy from Arkham Asylum, where her girlfriend is being brainwashed to create hallucinogenic pathogens. Again, that's not every Harley Quinn comic, they're just some of my favourites. Video game-wise, Batman Arkham Asylum is brilliant. I haven't played Injustice Gods Among Us, but I've heard really good things about it. I mean, they're just the comics that where Harley is a central character. Obviously, there are arcs where Harley features or part of Harley's story is related to that. Things like the Hush run, different issues of Poison Ivy and Catwoman, actually. She's one of those characters where her story dips in and out of everyone's kind of story. Yeah, but if you are starting out in comic books, I really can't recommend Mad Love enough. It's really good. It's on my list because, I, like I said, I haven't really delved too deep into DC. Marvel tends to be kind of like my wheelhouse. Yeah. My introduction to Harley, obviously, I read Mad Love, um, but then I didn't really pick anything Harley Quinn up for a while until Gotham City Sirens, mainly because I really love Poison Ivy. Like, I wanted to know more about the characters, then I went back and read Suicide Squad. Um, which the Suicide Squad Volume 5 is just amazing. That whole Deadshot arc is just brilliant. So although in comic terms, Harley Quinn is a new character, she is iconic, not just for her look, but for the wild swing of her moral compass, her sass and her toxic relationship with the Joker. If you or somebody you know is dealing with domestic violence, help is available and you're not alone. And we'll pop a list of numbers and websites on the Harley Quinn reading list on our website. So... If you're following us on social media, you will have known that we've been running a competition to celebrate the release of this run of new podcasts. And the winner of our competition was done on Friday and the winner was Charlotte Spence. In our next bi-monthly Comic Powwow podcast, it's going to be my turn and it'll be coming about the 14th of April. And again, if you have been followers on on social media, you may know that I am a huge Wolverine fan and have been since I was probably about eight when I first discovered the X-Men animated series. So I'm going to be delving into some of the history of Wolverine. And because it's such a huge topic, it's not going to cover it all because there are probably not enough hours in the day to do that. So I will try and cut it down, promise. So thank you for listening. And in the words of Harley Quinn herself, whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger.